Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wider, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. We're going to be talking fasting today. Go figure. Yeah. Uh, If you're a new listener, welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. Super excited to have you with us. If you want to go back and Mm -hmm. hear more about Tommy and I and our journeys and our stories and how we ended up here doing hundreds of episodes with millions of downloads and challenges and coaching and all of the stuff that's come out of our own journeys with fasting and getting our life and our health back and losing the weight for good, feel free Mm -hmm. to head back to episode zero and episode one. Give it a listen and get a little bit more perspective on why we do what we do. So welcome to everyone listening for this episode. Today's going to be fun. We're going to talk about a meta-analysis, which is thousands of participants across dozens of studies. And it's going to be detailing the effects of intermittent fasting in humans compared to a non-intervention diet, which is, we'll unpack that in a second, and caloric restriction. So your standard eat less, move more, low calorie, or excuse me, calorie deficit type approach. And this is a meta-analysis of randomized controlled trials. And there's a few ahas that are going to come out of this today, Tommy, but there's also some, well, does too. Like, well, duh, right. Like that makes sense. Yeah, ahas and well does. So, you know, <laughs> looking at this one and there's 43 different randomized control trials almost 2,500 participants, you know, in here. And so just looking at it through this lens where we go, okay, what am I usually kind of defaulting to? What am I usually trying? The low and slow diet, having tried it so many times in the past, and it kind of like, it can be effective and then usually can slowly lose some effectiveness over time. So I think it's really important to see how intermittent fasting can compare to what many of us have done so many different times in the past and see if there's any benefit for one versus the other. And then just taking a look at how intermittent fasting compares to just kind of our standard baseline eating approach. I think there's some good perspective, you know, to come out of this massive study. I'm glad we found it. Yeah, no, it's interesting because when you first read it and there's some nuance here too, it's like, well, the mental analysis found that People who followed IF had lower weight, better BMI, better waist circumference, fat-free mass, insulin resistance, et cetera, Hmm. compared with the non-restricted diet. So the non-restricted diet is an interesting term where we're (laughs) like, well, what does that really mean, right? You're like, well, and that just means in this study that there was no intervention in those diet groups. So it was just report to us what you're doing on a daily basis. And maybe some people were following a low carb diet. Maybe some people were doing paleo. Maybe some people were just eating, you know, fast food three times a day. Right. So there's a lot of variability in there. And when you put it in that light, you're like, well, here's our first well, duh moment. Right. So you start (laughs) using fasting and you're comparing it to people that are just doing stuff willy nilly. Well, duh. Yeah. There's going to be 
an incredible improvement in all of yeah. those metrics that relate to health, longevity, and obviously weight loss. Yeah, I like that. Like, cool. We're already on the right track. And that's a really good thing before we really start, you know, focusing on some of the details that really matter and continue to move the needle even further, right? Yeah, there's a couple of like weird things or pitfalls in this too, when we're looking at so many different variabilities. The first one is the fact that there are so many different subtypes and types. And that's what they come out and say is that intermittent fasting is becoming more increasingly significant in terms of study results, right? Mm. In terms of its efficacy for weight loss. But it's also that there are a ton of different ways you can do it. There's all yeah. different named fast. And in this study, they look at ADF, intermittent energy restriction, time-restricted feeding, Ramadan fasting, and there's subsets to some of those as well. And we've done episodes on all of those different topics right there. We've looked at Ramadan studies, TRF mm -hmm. studies, IER versus CR, which is intermittent energy restriction versus calorie restriction studies. Yep. We've talked ADF, about ADF versus OMAD versus... Yeah, 5-2 IF. I mean, it just the warrior fat, like it just keeps going, right? So yeah. we're going to simplify it here. Interestingly enough, that's also going to be a talking point in kind of a little bit of the nuance that we find when looking at these different things. And then the calorie restriction diets that they looked at here were your calorie deficit diets. And then there were also the Mediterranean diet and the DASH diet, which is the one to help lower blood pressure, right? So, mm -hmm. and those are continuous, low and slow energy restriction type diets. And then for the CU, which is the, the participants continued their usual dietary habits. So these are the ones that didn't have any interventions for the study. And yeah. then it was cool because they looked at so many different metrics and there's tables upon tables upon tables, right? And it's like, you know, waist circumference, BMI, fat-free mass, fat mass, insulin resistance, blood glucose, triglycerides, total cholesterol. And here's where we kind of find almost like a head spinning, like when we're sifting kind of through it, we're like, <laughs> wait a minute. What is this really telling us and what do we want to take away from this? I personally would love to take away for all of you listening or especially for you who are in the unrestricted category right now. Yeah. Who are just kind of doing your usual dietary stuff and you know you need to make a change, but you're kind of looking sure. at calorie restriction and workout programs going, oh, my maybe, goodness. Maybe a little analysis paralysis right now. <sighs> I know really I got to sure do what this. To do next. Yeah. Yeah. But like, do I really want to do it this way? Do I want to join the gym? Do I want to go back to do what I did that worked mm. for a few weeks back then? Like, yeah, there can be that analysis paralysis. So I love that there's some nuance in here, too. Yeah. Do I need to get a nutrition plan? Like, what should my next plan be? You know, and and sometimes it's a matter of like, I know I've personally felt myself in the past waiting for the frustration to build to kind of push my motivation over the edge to kind of take that next step, you know? So just seeing that we can kind of simplify the process and get some cool results is, I think, very motivating, you know? Like one of the things that, that I liked was they were looking at certain things like specifically like cholesterol, triglycerides, blood pressure, waist circumference, right? Fat-free mass, what the fasting insulin levels were, and then comparing it between these different groups. And I think it could be overwhelming just to like look at this study, but pulling out some of these cool points I think is important. Yeah. So if we look just statistically reporting IF versus the non-intervention, right? So hmm. you're going to look at, you know, greater weight loss, BMI compared to your standard operating procedure or habitual diets, smaller waist circumference, you know, pretty much all of the metrics when you're comparing those two. IF was like the clear winner, right? Obviously yeah. <laughs> you're starting a new weight loss intervention 
So you would expect there to be these big changes in terms of your blood work, how you're feeling, your insulin levels, all of that starting to change. And the good news is, is that if you're on the fence, yes, it works. Like that's the first takeaway. Right off the fence. Yes, (laughs) this can work. Yeah. Yeah. Take a little quick action now, like set a fasting timer. Think when could you restrict your actual intake, even if just a little bit deliberately. And, you know, maybe that's like skipping breakfast at first if you've never done that. But either way, you have a leg up on the previous version of the operating system for the diet as soon as you put some boundaries in place right there with the time restriction. That's cool. So, Hey, y'all, I wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently, Um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, FASTING4LIFE to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old, has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He is our third child, and we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times, rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing. And the indoor air, air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to 100 times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors. And we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up, but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code fasting for life to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this, the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the fasting for life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. If you're a long time faster than you know, right? And one of the things too was in the subgroup analysis that eight studies were looking at the effect on insulin resistance. And there was a direct insulin resistance decrease, like a statistically significant decrease. That was Mm -hmm. all those studies looked at. That was the main takeaway that we want to be 
decreasing the insulin, which is the upstream cause of the downstream effect, which is the blood sugar, which leads to diabetes, you know, cardiometabolic disorders, metabolic disease, yeah. and all of those comorbidities that come around having the increased visceral fat, bigger waist, carrying the weight for you through the later decades in life. Yeah. You know, diabetes and blood sugar is that thing that's lurking beneath the surface. And interestingly enough, you know, when we unpack the second half of today's conversation, we're going to show that the biggest change was the most significant in the most significant category, even though the two groups, like I would have expected more differences, right? But then that gets yeah. back into the conversation of the fact that this is 43 different trials. You're looking <laughs> at so many different subgroups and subtypes and the average length was, you know, as short as one month, three weeks, mm. all the way up to, you know, six months. And the average was about in that one to three month range, right? Yeah. So for simplicity, you know, the thing that really was the biggest takeaway when looking at the calorie restriction versus the IF or the fasting groups was that the waist circumference was the only statistically significant difference between the two groups. And at first, wow. as a fasting <laughs> advocate, I'd be like, well, wait a minute. You sure? Okay. Hold on. And here's where the nuance comes in. And I, I'm excited to hear your response to this. I've already said it once, but didn't hear your response. So okay. here's what it says. These results may lend credence to the notion of calories in, calories out, right? So calorie restriction. Yeah. Being all that is necessary to lose weight and improve health without mm. overcomplicating an already difficult task. Difficult task. I'll agree with that. Not overcomplicating it, though. I mean, what's simpler than fasting? Calorie restriction and tracking everything and looking at percentage decreases and tracking all of those things every day over time. That's a lot more complicated to me than fasting is. So I, I disagree. I strongly disagree with that statement. So... If we look back and many of you listening might have a similar journey to our journey where it mm. was, you've done it, you've tracked it, you've weighed it, you've hired the coach, you've hired the nutrition coach, you spent thousands of dollars, you've done the testing and you end up not being able to get the sustainable result of the weight loss or the health benefit, right? Yeah. So tracking and weighing and doing all of that in macros to me is like you just said, a much more complicated way than simply pulling one or two levers, which is I'm going to make an intentional decision during my eating window to eat these foods. And yeah. I'm going to set a timer to time restrict or calorie restrict my way into a fasting time. Like it's simple. You just, you stop eating, you set the timer. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to do all of the other stuff that you've done and tried and hasn't worked in the past. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, why does it work? Well, it works just as well or better than the calorie restriction. Right. And yeah. what we're seeing with the waist circumference is that the waist circumference, as we know, is a strong indicator of mortality and morbidity. It is something that I believe that should be in every doctor's office and every conversation when your doctor may yeah. say to you, hey, you got to lose some weight. It's not about the blood sugar number to me. It's about the waist circumference, the visceral adiposity. We've done episodes on this the insulin resistance, right? Measured by HOMA yeah. IR, which thankfully I outperformed, right? We saw that decrease in insulin resistance. 
Mm. But that weight circumference was the only statistical significant difference. And it was pretty large as well. And that is telling me that we're not just treating the downstream, you know, let's look at the blood sugar. We're actually shrinking the waist, right? And shrinking that visceral adiposity to be able to make a long-term health benefit. Never mind the weight loss, but the fact that we're moving a cardiometabolic or a metabolic marker that is as significant as waist circumference. Yeah, it's crazy because out of all of the things that they measured, that's actually the most important one to correlate with long-term health outcomes, quality of life, longevity. That's the one. If there was only one that you would be looking for an improvement, it was that one. And so to make a statement like calorie restriction, maybe the only thing that's needed so that we don't overcomplicate it and making the assumption that everything else was equal between the CR and the IF groups because that was the only difference is like everything that's important from the findings is like is taken away with that statement. So I'm going to reiterate strongly disagree there. Yeah. And even if you look at some of the subgroup analysis too, which that's where the head spinning kind of started to get into, I was like, well, hold on. There's so many different moving parts here. What they found was that when you looked at time-restricted feeding versus calorie restriction, that there were statistically significant changes in the time-restricted feeding week versus calorie restriction. So the waist circumference, yes. The fat mass, yes. And the diastolic blood pressure also came down Mm. with just a week of time-restricted feeding versus calorie restriction. So lots of variables, lots of moving parts. The simplicity would be the second takeaway, Tommy, that you just eloquently stated there is like, all right, if you want to simplify this and know that what you're doing is going to get a long-term sustainable result, not just for the weight or the scale, but for that overall health, that longevity, that metabolic flexibility, that waist circumference thing really just sticks out to being like, all right, well, you know, I know that I'm going to be following a plan that is most important thing that we say is that is sustainable for you long-term. If you can't see fasting being a part of your lifestyle, then fasting is just like any other diet or any of the other subtypes or anything that we just mentioned in this episode. And the takeaway would be, well, let's simplify it and waist circumference and insulin resistance. Let's get those moving in the right direction. And I promise you the scale is going to do what you want it to do if those two things are moving. Yeah. And, you know, like speaking of the simplicity and the sustainability portion, like I think most dieters, like if you've ever dieted, you can relate to the fact that there are sometimes when you feel more on, sometimes when you feel more off, sometimes when it feels like you've just completely gotten off track. And especially if you have a lot of weight to lose, you know, it can be a longer term kind of frustration point or maybe a plateau or a lack of motivation. Like you don't find yourself as motivated to do it right now. So getting back on track can be an important part of that process when our motivation ebbs and flows, right? And if we look at intermittent fasting, it can be a lot easier to get back on track, especially going back to the beginning of the conversation when we see that even just some form of time restriction versus just kind of eating without any regard to boundaries or any sort of restriction at all is a lot more effective. We have better results. We have better waist circumference. The scale's doing better. Blood work's looking better, right? So it can be easier to get back on track. 
we don't have to feel like we're just completely on or completely off. It doesn't have to be this huge change to get back on track with intermittent fasting. That's really cool for long-term results. Yeah. And I love this takeaway too, because they looked at some of the subgroups found that looking at the different types of lifestyles or the calorie restriction versus IF versus non-intervention with women, IF was significantly more effective in reducing fat mass when compared to the other groups. And for men, IF significantly reduced men's weight and BMI compared to the calorie restriction group, right? So there was a couple other like subgroup takeaways too. And then on top of that, IF also reduced triglyceride levels more effectively in men as well. So when you start really like honing in and figuring this out and putting the pieces together for you long-term, you know, one of the things about fasting is that it can fit any lifestyle. It can fit all of these different 43 studies. It can fit the subgroups. It can fit your life, your stressors, yeah. your family, your preferred way of eating. It can fit all of that with all of the benefits of calorie restriction plus waist circumference and insulin resistance, which is that iceberg analogy, right? The blood sugar yeah. that you're seeing on your lab work or the blood pressure that's been ticking up or the cholesterol that's elevating or the inflammation that's rising over the years or the hormones that are imbalanced or the hunger that you always have. All of that stuff is yeah. the stuff on top of the water. It's what you see, but beneath is where the majority of the issue lies, which is in those mm. resistances and specifically the insulin resistance where you're not able to tap into the fat stores and it's harder to lose the weight and it's harder to stay on track, right? So yeah. really just the overall benefit is, is staggering when it's like, all right, well, I have two different choices here. I can take this path or this path, right? Yeah. Well, I wanna take the path that's sustainable. I wanna take yeah. the path that is simple. I wanna take the path that I know what I'm doing is going to work and I don't have all of that extra, well, I've tried it this way before, when I'm on, I'm on, but when I'm off, I'm off and then I'm off my yeah. diet and then all the weight comes back. The crazy thing too, is that if you look at the things that they measured in the study, and then let's say you're, you're looking to control your triglyceride, you're looking to lower your blood pressure a little bit. Like everybody has something that has to do with their why, their motivating factor for getting the weight off or for getting a better sense of balance within their health profile. Right. And, you know, we can see potential in all of those things, but I think knowing that if you go into a doctor's office or another health provider, you're oftentimes going to hear about, oh, well, just, you know, reduce your intake a little bit, reduce your food a little bit, and then exercise a little bit more. Like eat less, move more is a pretty ubiquitous like recommendation out there. It's just the most common one still, unfortunately. But to know that intermittent fasting can help to get at all of those other things, even if you're not hearing about it quite as much, I think it's a powerful thing because the adaptability of intermittent fasting, regardless of, like you said, what your lifestyle looks like, what your preferred eating plan looks like, and any number of other lifestyle factors, that adaptability is the huge part. And that's why we've seen so many people get long-term, like huge transformational testimonials. Like I want to like get up and give a standing ovation sometimes for some of the emails that we get. Right. So it's just really cool that, that we can get at all of these different things. You know, even if you're, you're new to intermittent fasting, like the power is there, you know, you just got to get started. Right. And I think about like, what's next. You just yeah. led me right there with that statement is, all right, what do I do now? Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, you got a couple of things. One, you can head to the show notes, click the link for the Fasting for Life community group. It is on Facebook. Mm -hmm. It is a incredible place to get your questions answered, to interact with people that follow the podcast, that live the fasting lifestyle. Yeah. 
it is an incredible group and I don't know why this is. It's very positive where I'm in a lot of other groups, fasting and weight loss and all these yeah. other groups. And it can be rude sometimes like the energy. Yeah. This group is incredibly positive. Like I think we've had two instances ever where we've had to be like, no, nah, we're not going to let that kind of happen over here. Like right, yeah. <laughs> get out of here with that. We've got great moderators, coaches, Tommy and I are in there answering your questions. Yeah. So one would be come there. Two would be go download the fast start guide. And if you've done this in the past, but you never got the videos that came with it, then mm. go back and re-download the fast start guide. It's on our website, thefastingforlife.com, www.thefastingforlife.com. It's in the show notes. You can download the fast start guide under the resources tab. And you also, if you go to the Facebook group and sign up that way, we'll send you an email. We'll also send you the videos as well that go along mm. with the PDF, which is six simple steps to put fasting into your day-to-day -day life. Come join the conversation, get back on track or get started. Maybe it's yeah. time for a little bit of a re-engagement, right? Yeah. Download it again, look at it again. It's simple, it's effective. And just like one of the big takeaways from this study that we looked at, Tommy, we wanna make sure that we're promoting the simplicity of it. But when you have questions, we also want you to get them answered too. And getting sending us an email or a message sometimes isn't the best way for us to answer those. So that's why we have the group. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's really cool. Keep the conversation going because yep. that way you can continue to level up through the process and continue getting really good results that continue to motivate you and keep pushing for that better balance, better sense of control and health and well-being for the long-term wins. So I love yep. it. Absolutely love it. All right. So two things we'll see inside the group. Download the Fast Start Guide. We appreciate all of you listeners. If you're new, head back and listen to the first couple episodes. For all of you OGs, long-term listeners, we appreciate you continuing to follow this journey with us. And Tommy, as always, appreciate the conversation, sir. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day -day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.